Well, you definitely want to go where those people are, right? Find those communities that are harvesting those type of people. I know you guys, I mean, the, what you guys are doing is it's excellent. You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hello, Right Club Nation. It's Laurel Simmons here. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out our online community yet? I really hope you do because our online community is a place where you can find lots of education, training, and information about real estate investing and about general business. Plus, it's a great place to network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums, all our podcast episodes, and tons of videos about a wide range of topics. It's free to join, so be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now, on with our podcast. Hello, Right Club Nation. Welcome to the latest episode of our podcast. Today's guest is none other than Alfonso Quadra from Ottawa Quadra Group. And uh, Danielle and I had an awesome conversation. You're going to love it. Uh, Alfonso is a very humble guy, even though he plays in the big leagues. And you'll find out why. So, Danielle, do you have any insights to share? Yes, and whenever um, Alfonso talks about uh, intellectual currency, which is something I had never, I mean, I knew what he was talking about, but I had never heard about it before, put that way, please pay attention. That is absolutely brilliant. Exactly. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. Hello, Alfonso. So I'm really excited to have you on. Alfonso and I'm being uh, co-hosting tonight with Daniel Saint-Jean, one of the co-founders of the Right Club. Alfonso, we've met before, but for those that don't know you yet, could you give us a 30,000-foot view of who you are, where you're from, and what do you do? Okay, guys. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun here. Um, you know, we've met in, in the past, and, you know, I, I love everything that you, you guys are doing. Um, a little bit about me, refugee to, to Canada. Uh, I came here with nothing. I was nine years old. My mom had $30 in her, in her purse. Um, we came from war-torn country, El Salvador. Uh, got, into, uh, got into business as, as a result of being a young father. I, I became a father at 17 years old. Changed my life, gave me purpose. Um, got into business, did really well in business at 17. Uh, by the time I was 21, my, my company was across Canada. Realized that I was very much a consumer and I only had one stream of income. So I decided to educate myself and learned about real estate 22 plus years ago. That's when I got involved. And uh, I love apartment buildings. I love the economy of scale. So I got into multifamilies right away, ended up building a portfolio across Canada, and here I am. <laughs> All right. That's, so, I, I hope that's a 30, 30, what did you say, 30-foot view? 30,000. So it's, 30, it's like 30,000-foot view, yeah. But you went over 20, oh, 40 years of life almost within <laughs> two minutes, so that is a 30,000-foot view. <laughs> So you've got 20 years of experience in real estate investing. Yes, sir. 
which means, of course, since you're going to be 45 this year, you started in your early 20s. Is that a reason why on many of your videos, um, you, you specifically addressed the people in their 20s and early 30s? I mean, I've heard you mention that quite a few times. So is that a reason why you're doing that? Uh, well, yeah. So you're referring to some of the videos that I do on YouTube. Yes. Um, so I, I tend to, so I have, um, there's, there's a few things that I, that I'm passionate about. Um, one is teaching young people and, um, um, teaching financial literacy to, to young people. I have a, a, a foundation. It's called the Quadra Youth Foundation. My, my daughter, uh, helps me run that. And uh, my daughter, as a result, created a, a, a program, uh, a real estate program for young people. And a lot of the times uh, I share the stream. So I do her masterminds. She brings, she organizes, you know, 17, 18, 19 year olds, 20 year olds. And uh, we do a mastermind specifically on real estate. And as part of the, as part of the mandate for our, our, our foundation, um, we uh, we we're really involved in financial literacy, ed educating, creating leaders in, in young people. So that that's what you saw on that uh, on that video. But I really love, you know what? Uh, if if someone could could have you know tapped me on the shoulder when I was 15 years old, uh, it would have been fantastic. You know, and and to have uh, these platforms, I love to use the platforms to 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 engage younger people in real estate. And, and of course, as we all know, this is not something that is taught in school, college, even university. <laughs> a shame. You know, uh, guys, when I was 10 years old, 11 years old, I knew for some reason I knew the, 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 the ac uh, academic route was not going to be my route. Even though my mom pushed me, you know, you have to go to university. That's the only way, you know, just like a good immigrant mom would. And um you know, for me, I just knew even at 10 years old, I felt it's not going to be my it's not going to be the way. And then um, I remember hearing this word mortgage. We didn't have a house, but somehow, you know, 10, 11 years old, I heard this word mortgage. And so I went to school and uh, asked my teacher, I said, what's a mortgage? <laughs> that makes sense. And her, yeah. And her answer was uh, a mortgage is something you get when you're older <laughs> i love it <laughs> so i knew at 10 years old i'm like even at 10 years old i could call bs on on that answer and uh, i knew she didn't even know what, the, what she was talking about and so i knew i was gonna have to do a lot of the learning on my own so one of the reasons why you like talking or, or or and i'm not saying you're focusing on but you like to talk to the younger people is uh uh it, it's a good idea to to get them on the straight and narrow to real estate investing before they get 25 years at the government and now their brain is is working in a different way right i mean uh, it, at, at 20 25 they're still listening hopefully um and uh this is a really good time to to teach them something now to teach them intellectual currency so you said something on one, I wrote it down and I'm hoping that I will, you'll give me a permission to use it in one of my upcoming books here. You said, the more intellectual currency you have, the less actual currency you will need. Please yes, elaborate on that because <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> well, a lot of people talk a lot, of, I mean, especially these days, 
uh, OPM, right? Other people's money. And they talk about it like it's going out of style, right? Uh, but most people don't, don't actually realize what that means. Uh, other people's money means there's a reason why they're investing with, in you. That means you have, in exchange, you'll have to give up something. And uh, in real estate, it's about developing your intellectual currency, what you know, that knowledge, that knowledge that you can exchange for capital being invested into your deals. So that, so most people think about regular currency, money, dinero, argent, oui. uh, but, but the, the real <laughs> currency you should be after that no one can take away is that intellectual currency. Because the more you know, the less actual currency you'll need. <laughs> And you know lots about that because you you serve like 20 over 20 years of real estate investing. You told me in other meetings and interviews, 2008, you were there and you saw what happened and clubs like these were vacated. Yeah. People were not interested in real estate. How did you survive that with the, the crash of currency, I guess? Yeah, yeah. So, so what happened back in, uh, so very different than COVID or, or, or any, any other uh, downturn in the economy. Back in 2008, uh, you know, there was a, it was a U.S. Uh, uh, real estate crash, but it was a, definitely a correction here in, in Canada. But even though we weren't as affected, And, and I remember we used to go to these, these, these groups, these networking meetings, because we didn't have social media back then, like we have it now, uh, or Zoom. Uh, so there would be these networking events that were like standing room only. And you went back in 2000, early 2009, and these rooms were empty. <laughs> and uh, it was just like the multifamily guys. And we're like, hey, what are you doing? What's, where, is it? where is everybody? Well, no one wanted to know about, uh, about real estate. And then um, this is where the real true intellectual currency came about because money disappeared. I mean, if you have really a really good deal now and, and you know exactly what to do, there's a lot of capital available, a lot of hard money lenders. There's a lot of uh, joint ventures. And back in 2009, no one wanted to touch real estate, um, even though it, it didn't crash here in Canada, but people were scared, right? And um, the money disappeared, and especially for multifamily. And the only people that were, were doing uh, mortgages for multifamily were like um, uh, insured in CMHC mortgages. And so this, this was all about creative financing. It was like the perfect time for VTBs, vendor takebacks, using that intellectual currency to get into deals. So how do you suggest that the people who are listening to, to this uh, recording, how do you suggest they acquire that intellectual currency? Any way you can. First of all, look for the people that have the results that you're looking for. The problem where uh, in this day and age is every second person is an expert. I can, I can take a dead cat and swing a dead cat and hit five experts, you know, in real estate. And so what, 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 what happens is people are listening to other people that haven't proven the formula, right? And so you want to make sure that the people that you're listening to, books, podcasts, the, the, um, any type of a talk or networking event, these are people that have proven the concept, that know what they're doing, and 
you your results will resemble the ones that are around you. Most people's results are a direct reflection of the expectations of their peer groups. And so you get around the right people, you change your results. Your results start to mirror the results of the people around you. But if you're talking, if you're going around people that are just doing this, you know, there's a lot of this going on, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Those results have not been proven. And so you, you're wondering, why am I not getting the right results? And so you got to get search. It doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be, uh, uh, you know, the, the right club. It, I mean, but find someone, find somewhere to, ha to get access, get network, good quality people. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Right Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas, and for the past three years, becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. That's right, and Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single-family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely. And they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls and everywhere in between. They handled everything from permitting and design to final cleaning before you list your rentals. And they also have fully licensed electrical contractors certified with the ESA and take jobs of all sizes. Make sure to check them out at blackjackcontractinginc.ca and also follow them on social media at blackjackcontractinginc. And they say investing can sometimes feel like the biggest gamble of your life. But when you have blackjack on your side, the house always wins. So now back to the podcast. And now back to the show. Yeah, that's and, and the an example, uh, sorry, Francois, as an example, um, for example, rent owned. So occasionally I'll be somewhere and I'll mention the word rent owned and somebody will say, yeah, I've done one or two of those. And, uh, so maybe that's not the person that I would want to go to to teach me how to do rent own. They could come to me. I've done 51 or they can go to, um, to Al uh, Alfonso, the other Alfonso, Alfonso Salemi, who's over 200 now. And with 200, he has seen a lot of, uh, you know, a, a situation. And if you um, learn from him, uh, you will definitely know uh, how to do rent own, not from the person who's done two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of people that that right now are just regurgitating information. So be aware of who you're listening to and make sure the people that you're getting that intellectual intellectual currency from have proven the concept and have the results that you are looking for. And that includes joining you because I'm, I'm, I'm a subscriber to your uh, YouTube channel. Thank you. you. Have, appreciate it. I, I don't, how, how many, how many videos are there? Like, I don't know. I stopped counting, but you got so many videos on everything. I mean, explaining cap rate, explaining cash flow, explaining VTB. So you are one of the people who somebody should go to, to learn about um, intellectual currency. I really do appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Well, it's the truth. It's about 700 videos, by the way. Wow. Okay. That's a lot. How many hours? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I love it. And people uh, often um, ask me, like, Alfonso, all of your videos, you don't sell anything. You don't say uh, click down here or go to my course or whatever. 
um, a lot, everything I do is, is I, I do it to add value, show up and add value to, to the world. I've run my entire organization that way. Um, it's attraction-based. Whoever wants to take the next step, they'll reach out. They'll, you know, they, I don't need to sell myself. I just need to show up and add value. And that's been my philosophy. And that's so true. And that's what I love about the Right Club as well. So I met Daniel Saint-Jean almost, well, it's over two years ago now. And I wrote, uh, wrote him a message and he said, oh, I'm coming to Ottawa in a few weeks. We should meet. And again, leading with value, just like you're doing. He offered me a few, few good tips that I applied. And I'm like, well, this is great. The right club, the right people, like you mentioned earlier, R-I-G-H-T. But anyway, right club also sounds good. And then just building that network. So if you're trying to build a network and your, your specialty, Alfonso, is multifamily, who do you surround yourself with? Because it's a bit of a different crowd, like you mentioned. Uh, like rent to own is single family homes. Multifamily is how big and where do you find investors and like-minded people? Well, you definitely want to go where those people are, right? Find those communities that um, are harvesting those type of people. I know you guys, I mean, the, what you guys are doing is it's excellent. I mean, you guys have a lot of education, a multi, multi different investment strategies, multiple different investment strategies. And multifamily uh, for me, it, you know, it's not the only thing I do. It is what I'm known for. <laughs> People know me for that, but you know, uh, I do. You know, I have different strategies. I'm going to go where the I'm going to get the highest return on investment. I'm not going to be pigeonholed to one specific strategy. But I love multifamily, and if someone were to get into multifamily, hang around other people that are doing the same. That's what I say. So right now I'm going to put you on the spot. Give me, let's say that tomorrow I wake up tomorrow morning and I say, okay, I listen to uh, Alfonso. I want to go into the multifamily. What is the number one tip that you would give me that would, what's your number one tip? Well, first of all, number one is get educated, right? You got to learn how to analyze. Uh, you have to learn how to identify a deal. Most people don't know how to identify a deal. If I brought a deal here, here's a deal, here's the best deal, you would look at it and you wouldn't even know that that's a deal, right? So the very first thing everyone should do is learn how to analyze deals, learn how to underwrite, learn, learn how to do the numbers. Uh, you can start with books, get a coach, get a mentor, whatever it is that you have to do, but that's step number one. Yeah, because otherwise you waste a ton of time. Shiny penny, you see buildings everywhere and 90% are not deals. Like you said, a lot of places, if someone says it's a deal, usually it's not a deal. <laughs> so it's usually a bad sign. Well, most uh, people think I'm going to go look at it and, and, then, uh, and then see if, and then ask the realtor, okay, if it's a good deal or not. And, you know, to me, sure, you can do that. Um, but you're, you're doing everything at a retail level, right? Because you don't have an insight on whether or not that's truly a good deal or not. Building up that intellectual currency means building up the knowledge so you can identify. You don't need a realtor to tell you whether or not this is a good deal. You should be able to look at, it, at a property and figure out whether or not this is a good deal for you. And the only way to do that is getting that education. 
You're going to have to get it anyways. You'll, you'll either get it the hard way or the easy way. <laughs> and the hard way can be quite expensive if you end up acquiring a non-deal and it goes south. I mean, that could be big dollars if you're in big multifamily properties. So to identify a deal, maybe following up with Danielle's question, do you have maybe like two criteria you can share that help determine if it's a deal or not? Like what? Well, first of all, it has to be positive cash flow, depending on the strategy, of course. But if you're just going to, you know, uh, buy something traditionally, a multifamily uh, apartment building, you want to make sure there's positive cash flow, right? So I'm typically looking at between uh, four to six percent cash on cash return. How do you determine the cash on cash return? Well, you take the amount of money and uh, the the cash flow, which is the all of the, the the your gross rents, the income minus expenses. You know, for to not uh, overcomplicate it here on the podcast, but your income minus, minus expenses minus your debt service, which is your mortgage, that's your cash flow at the end. What's left over after everything is paid? You want to divide that by the cash invested. That gives you a number, right? That's your cash on cash return. Usually, four to five percent. You're you're on the right track. Anything better than that is excellent, right? Uh, when you start to carry these properties, meaning you'll be negative performing, negative cash flow, I would say that type of business model is not sustainable. Usually, that happens when someone hasn't evaluated the property the property uh, correctly or they're um, an appreciation type of investor, meaning they're speculating on the price going up in value. So if you, if, if the only way you're going to make money in real estate is that the, the property is going to go up in value, so you're waiting for that appreciation, you're a speculator, right? You're not truly an investor. You're just waiting. You're just, a, you're just speculating and you're, you're hoping to ride the, the market. And as you know, Markets go up and they also come down. And that cash flow is going to be that cushion for you uh, that's going to help you weather the storm. So do you throw the word um, focus? And let me explain in a second here in, into your, converse, your, your, your um, pieces of advice. For example, when, when I mentor people, I tell them focus on a strategy because you cannot acquire um, intellectual currency in every strategy, unless you do it for the next 30 years and even at that, and focus on an area. So you can't know if it's a good deal in Moncton and in Halifax and in Winnipeg, and because you would need to know all of the. So are you one of the people who, who, who suggest to people that they focus on a strategy and, and on an area uh, when they're investing in real estate? When uh, the more focused you are, the better it will be for you and your in your business. Of course, um, I believe uh, you know that intellectual currency, as we, we were talking about, it, it's a, it's about it, building your real estate IQ. And of course, you know if you're going to get a if you want to become a um, if you want to get a, a doctor's degree in economics, there's other courses that you'll take to make you an academic to to give you uh, to to give you an overall uh, uh, experience in in university. So even though you focus, don't don't be so hyper focused that you're not 
open to other strategies and learning about other strategies because it could help you in what you're doing, right? Uh, but yes, you should you should have a focus in a market. So if you are focused in a market, uh, I want to make sure that you max out that market before you start going to other places. Of course, you know if you're in a, a, a close to a major city, you might have to widen your search. And you know what? You may look at something in New Brunswick. Well, let's let's maximize New Brunswick if that's where you choose to go. Or if you want to go to Alberta, Alberta, okay, let's go to Alberta, buy a few things there, but let's see what else is around there um, before you get too too scattered. So absolutely, focus is the key. Okay. And I love it because it's it's huge resources to build a like once you've analyzed a deal in the market, then you have to build a team over there. So property management, finding the right company that could take a while, everything else, legal, insurance and things. So you have to rebuild that every time in each market, learn about maybe the tenant culture and different things. So this is great. I love how you say as well, focus, but not like having blinders on. So you can see as well, okay, <laughs> excuse me, maybe I need to pivot somewhat within this strategy. Like you said, multifamily, but maybe you have a mixed use building with some commercial That's not exactly what you wanted, but maybe it's a good deal. So that, that's great advice. Yeah. So, so the idea would be to increase your real estate IQ, right? Okay. So be knowledgeable on, on, on a few things in real estate, right? And what's going on and other strategies. But of course, try to stay in your lane. So even people who are really, really focused and really good at what they do, like Wayne Gretzky, for example, sometimes they'll shoot the puck and miss the net. So can you tell us about, I don't know, not necessarily your worst deal, but something you did that did not go well? And what did you learn from that? For some reason, a lot of my horror stories come from tenant issues. <laughs> tennis? Tenant, tenants, yeah. Okay. <laughs> And, and uh, I have a lot of them, you know, I, I have a lot of tenant horror stories and I, I share, I share them because it's, it's a part of investing. I mean, people need to realize that, yeah, you know, there's going to eventually, if you do this uh, uh, for a long enough time, you're going to run into someone that it's nasty, you know, and just completely unreasonable. And um, you know, that that's just part of the game, but you can, mitigate that by, you know, always, you know, following your system, right? And I, and I have a few videos on that on my YouTube channel. But uh, to, to give you that story specifically, I'll say that one of the worst is the one time I didn't follow my own wisdom. Oh, no. <laughs> I tell people, I tell people, you know what, guys, always doesn't matter, always do your proper vetting of tenants, always, you know, you know, get, get the application, you know, um, always do the credit check, always, you know, uh, follow up on the person, get the, the job letter. And then one employee of mine, um, and I was doing a lot of traveling be before COVID. This is a few years way before COVID. But uh, one of my employees said, oh, uh, you have this unit that is vacant. I have someone and he's, he's, uh, he, he, he comes into our location He, uh, so this is a, he's a manager in one of my other businesses. <laughs> and he's like, he comes there, he spends a lot of money. I know the guy, he's solid. And I said, you know what? 
because I was lazy. I got lazy one time, one time. I said, <laughs> all right, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring him in, you know? And it ended up being one of the worst experiences. The guy had a, uh, ended up having a brothel. So um, a, a prostitution uh, operation. He was a not, bit of an entrepreneur, I guess. That's why he had <laughs> lots of money to spend. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, man, it took, it took about uh, six months to actually get to the hearing. Then we get to the hearing and he shows up to the hearing and he says, Judge, I can't read. They're like, oh, you can't read? Oh, then we have to start over, <laughs> start the process over from the very beginning to make sure you have all the documents and you make sure you can read all the documents. Anyways, it took a long time to get this person out. out and, uh, you know, everybody suffered. Tenants suffered. Our staff suffered. Um, you know, police came every day. I mean, it was just a big disaster. And uh, that I would say is one of my most recent uh, horror stories. And uh, it is it, even for, for even more reason to, you know, uh, learn from my mistakes. And, and lesson, uh, I love that you asked that question. What's that? And the lesson you learn is? Always stick to our, my vetting process, right? So we have a vetting process, never deviate, never deviate from the vetting, no matter how much you could be your, your, your best friend, always stick to that vetting process. People, there's certain criteria for, for people to get to be a tenant of ours. And the one time I deviated, I'd pay for it. I paid for it. And that don't goes get, back to your focus. Lazy. Don't get lazy, even if it's just one time. Yep, exactly. exactly. It's too much to lose. It, it's too much. It's, you, there's too much at stake. All right. No, and especially well, some, some problems. Questions for this fellow here. Uh, they, I think you call them, uh, what do you call these? Uh, uh, lightning round questions. <laughs> yes. So it's time yet to get started with our famous lightning round questions. So we have four questions. We ask every guest. They're always the same. And you just answer the first answer that comes out of your mind. So are you ready to play, Alfonso? Let's go. Is there a drum roll or something? Yeah, I guess I could. <laughs> <laughs> make some noise i don't know hey you know what guys you, you guys you guys should have some sort of uh, uh sound effects you know there what, you go sound effects a room I'll for improvement next time <laughs> yes i love it we'll have a trumpet or something yeah. <laughs> so danielle do you want to do question one this week's lightning round is brought to you by butler mortgages canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row if you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home reach out to daniel Patton and michael zanzini from butler mortgages you can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one triple eight m t g t e a m and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. Yes. So Alfonso, what is the best advice you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event, for example? The best advice at a, that I've that I've ever that I've ever received, I would have to say is back. It'll go back to the beginning, right? Um, I was um, I was 
and and you know to go back to the very very beginning 20 20 20 plus years ago my first year um you know i you know i closed on 20 properties i i was able to build my portfolio i've always been leveling up i own hundreds of doors and one of my biggest mistakes is if i spent a lot of time uh playing small right once i got comfortable i would stay there so one of the best uh one of the best uh, one of the, the the best advice that i ever got is someone pointing that out to me because often uh people look up to me but when there's someone that is is doing bigger things than you are can say to you hey uh you're not hot stuff like you you're playing you're playing this game small and and for me to realize, you know what, it's true. I can play bigger. I can do more, right? And um, I've done. It's happened to me a few times in my career where, you know what, I I've just I've just found that I was comfortable, and I had to get uncomfortable. So that came from another investor telling, you know, calling me out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, it's it's hard, especially for people like us. You know, we're 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 experts in the field. We tend to become too comfortable, and um, sometimes we need to be. We need the, that little push too. Okay. Yeah, humility is the key as well. It's not easy to be, I guess. Uh, yeah, to be told like that, <laughs> but it did help you. So. Oh, absolutely. It, it, you know, they were right. I was playing small. There you go. Now you're not anymore. <laughs> So this leads me to question number two. What is your favorite resource for real estate investing? It could be a book, training, a person, an event. There's the traditional, like if someone said, how do I find out about real estate? Or, or, or like, like maybe, maybe they're just asking questions. I will always send them to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Always. I would say, Rich, read that book. If for whatever reason that book resonates with you, call me back. <laughs> So that's a resource. And even for myself, uh, every couple of years, I'll go back and read that book again, because there's a lot of things that I missed. Uh, not only uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but also Think and Grow Rich. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a perfect resource that uh, I think it's a perfect, perfect place to expand your, your mindset. The other one is YouTube. I love, I love YouTube. There's a lot of things that I, if I have a question, I can always ask YouTube. And uh, YouTube is a is a perfect resource for something that I, I may be wondering about. And then the, the third is my own uh, educational journey. And I, I myself, even though I'm a mentor, teacher, uh, you know, I've been doing this for, you know, 20 plus years, I still invest in myself in getting mentorship, coaching, and I look for those rooms where I can get into where everybody speaking my language and, 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 and it's at, is that either uh, just above me or way above me. I love to be the smallest guy in, a, in the room. So those are the three things. And, and that makes sense because you, you know, you drive a BMW, then you meet somebody who drives a uh, Rolls Royce, then you find out about the guy who has his private jet. And then, then all of a sudden you think he's the, uh, the end of the, the dream. And then you come to the guy who has a 255 foot park in Monaco. Yeah. <laughs> and there's always somebody who has more and who knows more. Um, 
Third question, what is the attribute that has made you successful? Determination. I'm, I am determined uh, and I'm, I'm more determined than the person, the, the person next to me, right? Um, I think I'm not the smartest person, but I'm the hardest worker. Like I will do this until, right? And to have that kind of attitude, um, you know, do what you have to do, when you have to do, do it, no, matter, no questions asked. Um, that's why I'm in my office every morning. I'm, I'm, I'm here past everyone. You know, I, I'm, I'm determined no matter what, I am going to achieve all of my goals. Great answer again. This leads us to the last question. And I think I know the answer, but what do you <laughs> typically do on a Sunday morning? So if you're that determined, I have a good idea, but I'll let you answer it. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, uh, I, I really want to, uh, I want to, I really want to say something like I work Sunday morning or I read Sunday morning. I really love to spend time uh, with my kids. And um, I have, my oldest is 26. And my youngest is, is 15. My favorite thing to do is just hang around with her on Sunday morning and watch Netflix. <laughs> but that's really good. You need to disconnect. And, yeah. and then when you come back on Monday, you're refreshed. Oh, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. But I just love that, that time, especially during this um, quarantine time. You know, the, the COVID has really, you know, I mean... I'm sure my 15 year old is wouldn't want to be hanging around with her dad, you know, uh, 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 you know, in any other circumstance, but you know, now it's, this is what we do, you know, and I, I love it. I, I'm going to cherish those moments and I, I love being around my kids. Yeah. Right. It's an opportunity in disguise. So thank you so much, Alfonso, for sharing such words of wisdom and insights if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to find Alfonso? I know we mentioned a YouTube channel. Yeah, you so. can do, go to my go to my YouTube channel or any. So if if you can't find me, shame on me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can you can go uh, follow my TikToks. You can uh, you can Snapchat me. You can you can tweet me. You can LinkedIn me. You can Facebook me. You can Instagram me. You can YouTube me. Google me, but. Uh, you know, I guess the path of least resistance is the, the YouTube channel. They can subscribe. It's free. I put out a lot of content. And uh, if you liked anything here, if anything here resonated with you, uh, I think you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy my YouTube channel. That's I am. <laughs> yep. If Danielle is on YouTube, anybody can find you. Sorry, Danielle. But... <laughs> That was excellent. Thank you so much, Alfonso. And can't wait to see you next time and maybe in person at some point in 2022 for an update on what you're up Looking to. Looking forward to it, guys. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you again. Muchas gracias. Muchas gracias. So, Daniel, what did you think about this interview? I mean, I'm floored by some of the words that Alfonso shared, the, uh, the intellectual currency that is so huge. What else caught your attention? What caught my attention, and you know what, it might slip by most people, is at the end when we ask him about his um, attribute, he said, I'm not the smartest guy around. And that reminded me of Jason Bakunfuso, who recently, when we talked with him, he said, look, 
I don't know anything. I don't have any arms. So I surround myself with people who can do things and who can think better than me. And that's my secret. So it seems like uh, um, Alfonso has the same attitude. And you know what? When you meet people who think they're the smartest and they're the, um, you know, the best and whatever, usually they're not. But Alfonso has this very humble approach. And the fact that he, he, he and, and he might be the smartest person, but if he thinks he's not, then he surrounds himself with a, an amazing team. And that is a, that, that's a really, really good trait of a successful person. And being humble, a lot of people think it's humiliating or something, but it's not. It's an opportunity to learn. You're keeping yourself open to opportunities, learning, relationships, and things. So, yeah, great interview. I hope everybody made some notes. I mean, this will help you grow your real estate portfolio totally. So Right Club Nation, make sure to give us a rating, review. Uh, please uh, give us a thumbs up or comments. We love to hear from you. And Daniel, what do we say? Come grow with us. Yes, and customize your life. Yes, well, if you grow with us, that's what you're going to be able to do. Customize your life. That's it. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.